This is Cinema Spin. Hello, everybody. I am Matt. And I'm Jason. And welcome to a brand new episode of Cinema Spin, where every week we take you through a new movie, if possible. <laughs> it's getting <laughs> tougher and tougher. Insofar as that is possible. Yeah. We, we had to go to streaming this time. Yeah. And we go back to the past for a movie chosen at random by the great randomizer. Oh, mighty ram- randomizer. But first, we have a new movie, and I'm going to tell us about it. Okay. Go ahead. Our first film tonight is Samaritan, which was released just this past Friday, the 26th, on the Amazon Prime streaming service. The movie stars Javon Walton as Sam, a young boy growing up in a large industrial city known as Granite City. Okay, that's distraction number one, as we live less than 30 (laughs) miles away from from a city actually named Granite City. (laughs) It's Detroit. Let's just... It's I could have done without that because it may sound strong, but that's not the first thing that comes to mind when thinking of the real place. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Sam idolizes a superhero named... Samaritan, who supposedly died some 25 years ago. Back then, Samaritan and his arch enemy and brother, called Nemesis, I'm not kidding, <laughs> had a knockdown dragout battle that ended with both of them never being seen again. Sam, however, dis- subscribes to a conspiracy theory that surmises Samaritan is not dead and has only been hiding all this time. Sam looks for him everywhere. <laughs> One day, Sam's attention is turned to a lowly garbage man who likes to fix things named Joe, played by Sylvester Stallone. Sam begins surveillance on Joe, hoping to find evidence that he is, in fact, the long-retired Samaritan. This is made easy because, against all odds, Sam can spy on Joe's apartment from his <laughs> own apartment across the way. Yeah, that's convenient. <laughs> Spoiler alert. A good good clear shot from his rear window. (laughs) Joe may very well be the Samaritan, and he's hiding in plain he's been hiding in plain sight all along. What? (laughs) Are are we already into spoilers? (laughs) Well, it's I know. That's in the trailer. It's in the trailer. (laughs) It's all great timing, too, because at the same time all this is going on, a new threat has emerged. The mantle of Nemesis has just been taken on by a local street thug previously known as Cyrus. He's using a bring back a power to the people message to rally the locals into raising hell and doing his bidding. In my head, I call him Discount Bane. <laughs> we're we're going to talk about that. <laughs> we all know exactly what happens from here. Do I really need to keep going? Anyone expecting or hoping to be surprised past this point are going to be deeply disappointed. Jason, how'd you feel about it? You're going to leave Samaritan. me hanging? You're not going to tell us whether or not <laughs> Sylvester Stallone walks away from an explosion in this movie? No, I'm not. You're not going to tell us whether or not there's, there's a big twist? Winky winky in, in, in the third act. Um, oh, the twist. <laughs> so let, let's just say, like, in the first five seconds of this movie, they say <laughs> twins, right? He's a twin. Right, right. right. So, you know, so something is cooking, right? And they mm-hmm. keep, Nemesis is nowhere to be found through most of the movie. So you're like, there's only a couple ways this is going to go, <laughs> right? Does this, and I'm serious, does this movie only exist so Sly could see himself de age with CGI? <laughs> I mean, like, did he see De Niro and the Irishman and think, yo, I got to find somebody to give me $100 million to do that? Well, I mean, it's, it's something to consider. <laughs> so, so, apparently, 10 years heretofore, someone named Braggy F. Schutt uh, wrote this screenplay, and instead of stashing it in the sock drawer and, and writing a better one, uh, he spent a decade fighting to get, get this made any way he could. Um, and I suppose uh, congratulations are in order for Mr. Schutt. 
um, on cracking Hollywood's secret code and getting what I really hope is the worst screenplay in his apartment actually to the big screen. And by big screen, I mean a television set. <laughs> um, but I don't. I have no idea what my reaction to this movie is supposed to be. Um, I, the tone on this movie is is sort of all over the place. It's clearly just a pastiche of half a dozen better movies. Here comes Unbreakable. Here comes RoboCop. Here comes Dark Knight Rises, and you know stuff like that can be fun, I guess, if you if it has the kind of lighthearted tone and everything. But the the tone on this is just treacly and sentimental in the in the way that sort of smacks of, of Stallone. So. I don't know. I, 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 this movie just, this, it, it baffled and, it's, and irritated me. What's crazy about this movie is there's nothing in it that's really horrible. The CGI is horrible. Well, there's, there's some bad CGI. <laughs> okay. 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 There's not a lot okay, of that, but right. there, but there was some, even effects that should be easily done are not done that well here. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. But beyond that, <laughs> there's a lack of, of, of anything really bad. But there's yeah. a there's a complete lack of anything at all original. Yeah. There's a complete lack of anything at all that rises above mediocrity at best. It's so ruthlessly and relentlessly, and maybe driven. low low level mediocrity if you yeah. if, if you like to rate your mediocrity, and yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah, and and it's just so yeah, it's sentimental and it's shot through this really really phony kind of blue collar despair, you know, uh, like oh my god, it's such a it's such a shithole, and you know, in, in the tradition of, of Dark Knight Rises or, yeah. or a RoboCop, right? And there's even a RoboCop video game in, yeah, in, in right. the uh, in the villain's lair. I caught that, did we? Right, the uh, right. Um, but it, it's just so the the it's so slow in developing the movie. I mean, like an hour into this, they're still arguing about whether or not he's Samaritan. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it's like you got so much to do. I mean, we still got to see the big reveal in the flashback, and we still got to we got to figure out what it is these villains want. There's zero fun here, you know. Yeah. The jokes that are here just again, you've seen them a hundred times before. Yeah. Um, so while we're on the on the villains, let's talk about this villain, Cyrus. Okay. Right? So first, yes, Cyrus is a reference to the Warriors. There's just there can be no okay. doubt about that. Right? Yeah. Secondly, I'm confused. Do do people in the city think really think he's Cy- he's Nemesis when he puts the mask on? Because he he has a chin beard, right? <laughs> right. They don't they don't recognize this is this well, maybe is the that's, local maybe gangster. maybe that's how Cyrus spent the last twenty five years chin bearded up <laughs> chin bearded. But they just saw Cyrus walk down the street with a chin beard, and then he puts a mask on, and they're like nemesis. Well, they're clearly um, even though they're twenty five years removed from seeing either of these characters. In, yeah. It, you know, even when they see a grown man throw a car on the news. They jump to the conclusion that he's Samaritan. He couldn't be somebody new, you know. Well, you only see that kind of thing once in a lifetime. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it, it's just not a real world. So let's yeah, let's go back in time to when the Dark Knight Rises opened, right? We all sort of feasted our after a lot of anticipation. We all sort of feasted our eyes on it, and I think collectively we wondered, you know, comic book people wondered out loud, like. Is a circa 1970s lambskin coat really a good look for Bane? Right, <laughs> um, and, and you get the feeling that maybe Christopher Nolan and his, his in wardrobe, Christopher Nolan and his costumer were like, nobody will ever rip off this look. <laughs> <laughs> well, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so I like we're not supposed to think Bane. 
We're in a, I, I mean, he's got the mat. He puts a mask on right. and he's got a lambskin coat on, and and there's all there's he's it, riling it's people. It's sort of up about to, social politics. Yeah, to, to burn down Gotham. It's totally I mean, Bane. City, it's it's Bane, right? But it's um, low rent dime store Bane. Yes, it's low rent dime store Bane. <laughs> right, it's an imitation lambskin coat. <laughs> um, no joke. Yeah, go on. Okay, there's a in in the in the evil gang of Cyrus. There's a, a female. Yeah. Uh huh. And is that his girlfriend? Uh, or, his, or is she like, just a girl in the gang? Because there's a there's a piece of dialogue about her saying that she pulled her he pulled her off the street when she was eight. Yeah. And if you know he's the girl, she's the girlfriend. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, gross. But right. I don't know that that's that may be me. Yeah. She, I mean, this would be maybe she does sort of seem looks... like his sidekick, second in charge. Right. But there's you there, think they would spell that out in a little detail. Yeah. Right, because they don't want to leave those kinds of details for our imagination. I I, I agree with that. Because um, yeah, I, I mean f- she is she, she's very good looking. Yeah, right. Um, and uh, Sophia Tatum is her yeah, name. Yeah, right. And and that's a she's a decent actress. Been in a few other things. Yeah, that yeah. that I've seen. How do we feel about about young Javon Walton? As, I thought as he was okay, Sam. You know, I think he's a good actor. He really irritated me in this role. This this well, it's he a, needs a, he needs a director, right? <laughs> Uh, so I and I kind of kept going back and forth between whether or not do I it's like very it? one note. It is very one note, and that one note is like Goonies. Yeah, you know, watch he, the Goonies over and over again, and, and they make you watch him play that same note over and over and over. Yeah, which I mean, obviously right. that's the definition of one note. But yes, um, right. <laughs> but, but I they mean, really yeah, hit it hard. I, can, right? I yeah. do think that that it does wear on you after a while. Yeah, but I don't think he's bad. Uh, all shucks, bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Um. So you know, as for the, I mean, I'm not. We don't need to do spoilers, but but I mean, there's a twist, okay? Yeah. And let me just say, if your big twist requires that the entire movie be built around you not telling anything about the backstory, because otherwise you'll figure out the big twist. Maybe <laughs> your big twist sucks, right? Yeah. Maybe maybe you'll you should because let me tell you something. Beth guessed it anyway. <laughs> well, uh, I was we were betting going into the third act, like okay, which way is this going? I had one way, she had another. There were only two ways this was going to go, and she won. Well, let me let me come clean on something. Mm-hmm. I did not guess it. Oh, okay. But I'm not often. Yeah, you're not. Who's, you're not. But yeah. I will say that I sort of forgot about it. Yeah, yeah. It's when I was writing about. my intro. Yeah, because it did not make any impact. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, all right, right. Then that happened. Well, I mean, part of the problem is that the because they do so little, they tell you so little about the backstory. You're not really invested in, in the twist when it happens. Right. And there's, there's a sort of a, a kind of reversal of expectations, but you weren't even really expecting that much, (laughs) you know? So it's, it's, um, it doesn't land well. I talked to a friend of the podcast, Ben about this. Oh yeah. And he felt the same way. Oh really? He saw it coming. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, did he, how did he like this movie? About, about the same as what you're hearing here. (laughs) Okay. Because um, he's he's more of an audience, I think. For for uh, and, and frankly, Beth has more of a tolerance for the, this kind of sure. Uh, you know, check your brain at the door, kind of uh, cheesy action movie. Uh, right? Dasha Polanco's in this. She plays the mom of Sam. Uh huh. Yeah, she was and on, um, uh, you know, Orange is the New Black. Yeah, she was. On, that's that's mm-hmm. where she first came to my attention. Mm-hmm. Um, God, they don't give her much to do here besides yeah. just be, be the, the concerned mom. Yeah, the yeah. concerned mom. Yeah, I wish that character would have you know. Had a little more meat on it, brought her into the story more. I mean, hey, this. Yeah. I don't know why I'm <laughs> complaining about that. Yeah. Because there's not much here to well, work with. Well, 
but you know, so you try to take these movies on their own terms, you know, and you try to to look at sort uh, their their own ambitions. If this movie were just sort of an unoriginal kind of pastiche of of other movies, uh, that was maybe just a young person's kind of exercise, you know, the first screenplay you wrote when you know, mm-hmm. in college, something like that. Um, you know, you go easy on it, but this commits the cardinal sin of of writing a comic book or superhero movie, and that is it doesn't even follow its own rules. Right. <laughs> it establishes a rule. If you have a superpowered character, you ha- the character has to have a weakness, but you got to commit to that. You got to say, okay, well, that weakness is the weakness. The weakness here is if he re- uses his uh, powers too much, he overheats. And then guess what? For for the entire you know f- last third of this movie, he just runs around using his powers, beating everybody up. Not a not a uh, indication that he's going to overheat until all and then, of a sudden. <laughs> and then guess what happens, right? When you yeah. yeah, when you need him to be and maybe in a in a building that's completely engulfed in flames, overheating might become an issue at some point. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, ben mentioned this, and I hadn't really thought about it, but uh, there there's a lot of uh, uh, Cyrus and our character Joe going head to head here. Mm-hmm. Cyrus has got no superpowers. No, but yet he's kind of. Yeah, they have yeah, a mono he's, he's, mono fight. Right, he's beating yeah. him up. I mean, he does have the he's, he does have the 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 uh, the hammer that was what forged with all the hatred that Nemesis had for his brother. Right. Yeah. Eat your I, heart out, forged in fire. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so what I mean, like whatever that means, right? This yeah. is this is not like a fantasy. You know, it's not like uh, he's not Gandalf. It's, let me ask right? you this: not using magic <laughs> is forging with hatred kind of like hatred, kind of like cooking with love? <laughs> Maybe. You know, don't, I, don't hate blacksmith, Matt. <laughs> when when Sarah, you know when Sarah cooks something and it doesn't turn out good, I always say, "Well, you forgot the love." <laughs> and she's like, "Yes, I did." <laughs> so maybe you know maybe that's the same thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, and also I mean they just so you know this movie needed it needed one more shot where where Nema, where uh, Samaritan like flicked somebody with his hand and and the power of that flick like made the guy do a fucking backflip. Yeah, right? yeah. What, so I, we see that I mean two dozen times in this movie, but not Easy. enough, right? <laughs> so, but then like when it comes time for him to fight Cyrus at the end, right? Cyrus is just kicking his ass and and they're yeah. trading blows and it's I guess by then he was overheating and. But that's Samaritan. He's a moody fuck, huh? Yeah. I mean, yeah. One minute he's like, no, hey, kid, leave me alone. Yeah. He's like it's chatting him up. Right. Yeah. And that uh, character's just <clears throat> so played out. I mean, ugh. Yeah. But, but in the climax, it becomes clear that he doesn't even know Sam's name. And I dig that. <laughs> he's like, hey, kid. <laughs> <laughs> now, is that the character not knowing Sam's name or is that <laughs> Sylvester Stallone not knowing I the name of the character? I think we can safely say both. <laughs> It's his method. Um, oh, so at the end of the day, this is just... You'd say if this... you know, Now the line between what a TV movie is and what a theatrical movie is is so blurred. Yeah. But <laughs> this feels like a TV movie from the 70s. You know, like the Spider-Man movies they made where they, you know... Yeah. Uh-huh. It, it feels like that compared to what's going on at the theater. Very, now. very slapdash. Yeah. Very thrown together. I, I mean, I... I uh, so this braggy shut... Who uh, brought this to us? Uh, <laughs> that's a fun name. Sounds uh, completely. Made so, up. like, I mean, again, he's been fighting for ten years to do this. It was a spec script, and then it was a comic book, and then he brought it back. It's just a, and so it's a passion project for him. And it's like, okay, good luck. I mean, if this, this is it. This is this is what success looks like. This is your passion. So, um, and and not for nothing, you know, there's there's some cold blooded murders in the uh, climax of this movie, right? From 
uh, as somebody who we are ultimately is a superhero. Right. Right. There's a character in this. He's one of the gang members. He's sort of a short little scraggly dude. Yeah. Who seems to be a mashup of every Joker ever created. (laughs) Because there's a little. (laughs) But one third the size. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's like the. Yeah. He's a gross character. Yeah. And he was kind of fun. For, for your screenplay that you love, uh, there's a lot of heavy lifting to it being done in this, this narrative by newspaper clippings. There is. A lot. <laughs> They're an important part of the narrative arc. <laughs> there's a, This starts with a narration that's kind of lame, too, I thought. Uh-huh. I, uh, yeah. when, right. that, when that started, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm overheating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. Yes. Um, so this this movie is not good. Um yeah, it's not fun. Bad. It's not. It's not. Yeah, it's not even fun. Bad. Uh, it's got because it's in part because it's got a really good cast. Um, I think all all the actors in here, you know, Stallone notwithstanding, uh, uh, avail themselves pretty well of this material. Um, they're just uh, uh, there's not a lot to do do here. No. Um, so uh, yeah, Samaritan sucks. <laughs> yeah, do something else with two hours. That's what yeah, I would say. Yeah. Sly got to see himself forty years younger, so sort it of all, it was all right. Sort of, it was all worth it. <laughs> all right, I think we're gonna move on if that's all right. It's all right with me. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Cinema Spin, and we're back on Cinema Spin for the second half of the show. Take it away, Jason. Okay, our retro movie for this week was Colors from 1988, starring Sean Penn and Robert Duvall. Um, Directed by Dennis Hopper, no less. Uh, So, it's L.A. in the late 1980s. Gangs selling crack are taking over every corner of the city, and the LAPD is outgunned. To fight back, the city has introduced the Crash Program. A real thing, by the way. Um, The community that Crash stands for Community Resources Against Street Hoodlums. Um, this is a special unit dedicated to fighting gang violence. Um, and this unit uh, is veteran police officer Uncle Bob Hodges and his impetuous rookie partner, Danny McGavin. Uh, that's Robert Duvall and Sean Penn, uh, respectively. M- young McGavin can't understand why they don't just arrest and or stomp everyone they, they see doing wrong. And Uncle Bob is trying to get him to understand how things really work out on the streets. Uh, you can't treat the people of these neighborhoods like they live in conquered territory you have to build relationships with them, even if that means bending the rules sometimes or making nice with somebody you don't like. Eventually, Danny starts to get the hang of it, but not before he makes a name for himself in the city as a bit of a thug himself. Um, will the cops be ready when a drug dealer with an axe to grind comes at them looking to settle an old score? Will Danny get with the feisty Latina in the fast food place? Will Hodges say to his young partner, I'm too old for this shit? <laughs> no, yes, and yes. Um, another question. Can you draw a straight line from this movie to all the gritty L.A.-based uh, crime movies and TV shows of the last 35 years? Also, yes. So, um, what did you think, Matt? I didn't think a whole lot of this. Oh, really? Okay. Um, there's there's a lack of a narrative here. Yeah. It's very episodic. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would have liked some, uh, a more linear story that mm-hmm. tied all of this together. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think a lot of what's there kind of works. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it kind of doesn't too. It's it's dated. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of what Boys in the Hood becomes in this. To yeah, me. yeah. 
and having a you know I, I've seen that movie a bajillion times. Boys my, in the Hood. My brother and his friends were obsessed with it. <laughs> okay. For probably half half the wrong reasons. Yeah. Right. But I'm super familiar with it, so there's a lot of. I've, what is this movie's message? Yeah, that's a problem. Um, because uh, uh, this movie is trying to say something. Uh, trying to say something pretty lofty or, or have a, a uh, say something um, I don't know healing or insightful about the nature of crime and the, and the mm-hmm. problems in LA and I think it, it comes it comes short of that um, it, it doesn't have sort of a bigger message it's amazing to me though how this movie is made in 1988 and not 1998 you know I mean this is this movie is really ahead of its time. Yeah, I, mean, I, I guess you got to give it a little credit for that. And it's it really works as kind of the transitional fossil from the sort of silly L.A. cop movies of the 1980s, you know, mm-hmm. like Lethal Weapon and 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 uh, and uh, Beverly Hills Cop, to like the the gritty aesthetic and and the 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 sort of street level uh, uh, realism of the uh, of the movies of the 90s. Um, so yeah, I, I just I sort of couldn't believe that uh, how far ahead of its time in terms of its aesthetic this was and i was a little taken aback and really I, impressed by that i get that i mean i think that there's just so many <laughs> i mean if it's possible for there to be a portrayal of a of a latin street gang and have it be encompassed of nearly all latino people mm-hmm. and it still come off as sort of a racist portrayal yeah I think there's a bigger problem with the the Latin gang here than there is with the the uh, African American gangs, mm-hmm. in my opinion, in their mm-hmm. portrayal. There's just something really artificial. And, and again, okay, I'm not going back to my old gang banging days and telling right, yeah, look back on your days. This is all sort of just right. conjecture, right. From things I've gathered, I'm I'm far from an expert. As you, you used may to know. race lowriders in <laughs> that's, Tijuana, that's, right? That's right. There's some really strange musical choices in this. Okay. The opening music is bizarre. Yeah. And, you know, Hopper picks music for this movie. Am I really supposed to believe that a gang from South Central L.A. is going to sit around listening to Lowrider? <laughs> yeah. That, that's mean, one. That, yeah. His baby boomer uh, card yeah, the mo- is, Yes, is exactly. The right? movie, the, the, a lot of the music is more <laughs> baby. You know, you got uh, this young guy who's um, uh, working out. Uh, Sean Penn's character is uh-huh. working out to uh, Mellencamp. Yeah, to right. You know, yeah, in '88. Yeah. You know, and not that that wasn't a current song at the time. It just seems like he'd be into something different. Yeah, I mean, it it this does have the title song from uh, uh from Ice T, right? Yeah, colors, yeah, colors. And in case you ever forget the name of the song, it's, it's just it, it's, it's colors. colors over and over again. <laughs> hey, hey, Ice T, we got this movie, man, and it's called Colors. It's I'll like, forgive that just because it's you <laughs> right. know so on the on the money. Um. Um, well, yeah, but I think that this movie doesn't have the benefit of five years later when you have, you know, it's after NWA and it's, it's after yeah. Public Enemy. So you have you, you, the soundtrack is already sort of written for this. You know, this is even before Do the Right Thing, right? Yeah, it's it's so it's remarkable, I guess, when you think um, about it like that. Just the way there's no overall story, though, that yeah. sort of it's just kind of weak there, I thought. I actually thought the first half of this movie that was first two thirds more like of this movie that was much more episodic. It was just sort of like, uh, just episodes. It was just like, yeah, day to day of them. Uh, you know what, what they're doing in, in, on, on I guess I thought maybe it was leading somewhere to somebody having some sort of, I guess it sort of does, you know, the, mm-hmm. the pen character, 
sort of he he is there's growth there, but uh, yeah, it's sort of it not feels, earned in it the feels, end. Yeah, it, that feels really it's like kind of jagged and artificial yeah. in the end. Uh, so uh, I actually like the the sort of episodic nature of the first part section of this movie more than I you know eventually it does sort of focus its attention on on the revenge plot featuring featuring a young Don Cheadle. Yeah, I um, didn't, I was unaware <clears throat> of him by at this time. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and I think it's so I think it's weaker in that that kind of last third um, for me. Um, um, I'm really imp- I was really impressed with Hopper as a director in this. Um, there are there's a lot of uh, a lot of times in this movie where he really trusts his material. He really trusts his actors and he trusts the uh, the, the screenplay um, to sort of carry through um, to forefront some uh, some of the su- some of the subtext. You know, uh, he drums up a lot of sympathy for these these kind of street level hoodlums um, that we could feel nothing for. We could just right. think about uh, 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 about you know the crimes they're committing. Um, but you know, you want to drum up. He, he's trying to get us to to feel for them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he he you don't have to. He doesn't have to show us their mom saying goodbye to them in the morning or them helping a stray dog or something like that. All he's got to do is show us their faces whenever the cops roll up. Right. They, right, just how desperate they look and how beaten down they look. There's a really great scene in here, a small scene, but a really great scene between uh, between Penn and uh, this suspect he's interrogating, and you can just see the kind of calculations going on in this guy's face. They ba- there's barely any dialogue in the scene, right? Um, and you can you can just see the calculations going on in this guy's face. He just looks like a he looks like a dog that just went trying to figure out how he keeps from getting whipped, right? right? Um, and that doesn't require any of the usual. Uh, 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 techniques of that we think now you would use in a, in, a, in a screenplay to evoke that right is just relying on your actors right so um I, I I thought you know this movie has a lot of mo- little moments like that um and Duval's death scene that was kind of moving was one of the more <laughs> disturbing and moving. especially one with a lot of dialogue that's yeah, hard to do that is hard to do he yeah he has this death scene because it could have because it could have got stupid really quick but it reminded it me I was of, like man this is pretty crazy yeah it's it was like hal yeah um begging for his yeah. life right? yeah and starting to sing daisy yeah, right? i was, <laughs> um, was genuinely moved by yeah it. that's yeah. that's moving and disturbing so um um I, the portrayal of the los angeles police department here is is doesn't glorify them by any stretch of the imagination no if it's possible to no but i mean it um Probably one of the first movies to do that, I guess. Yeah, to show, kind of take them to task. Yeah, make, not, I mean, turn, not show them as heroic when they're, um, you know, beating suspects that are obviously already in cuffs and and you know mm-hmm. things that maybe didn't come off as abnormal back then, though, as they do now. Um, yeah, you know, giving a guy a couple shots after you get him was probably right. not cons- outrage, you know, outrage inducing as it is, would might be now. Yeah, you know. Yeah. We realize that these days, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. Um, and and I think this movie uh, has a pretty clear-eyed sort of view on the, on that. Right? It's not. It doesn't paint that as entirely unsympathetic, but it also doesn't paint it as acceptable. Right? I mean, after you chase down a suspect, you cuff him. Right. Maybe you hit him a couple times, and and that's ugly. Um, do we hate the cops for, you know, do we hate Sean Penn's character for getting caught up uh, a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, because it's a helpless, at that point, it's a helpless person you're beating, yeah. right? But at the same time, you know, it's clear-eyed, it's not defending it, but it's not. Even it's the also scene not, when, uh, uh, there's a scene when a officer um, is, uses lethal force. Yeah. When he may or may didn't didn't have mm-hmm. to. But it, it is sort of told from. Yeah. 
both perspectives. I mean, yeah. it's an unfortunate happening. Yeah. But, I and, mean, the guy who does it is sort of the asshole of the group, which paints it worse than it might be otherwise. Yeah. But... We, I mean, we've just we've d- come so far so fast on knowledge of of police brutality. Well, I mean, we, we've learned from you know that you know lo- locally here around this area, we lost mm-hmm. a police officer, a police officer in a no knock raid. No knock raids are probably uh, you know no no good comes from. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, I mean, we've come so far so fast on on police brutality and and mm-hmm. seeing kind of what really happens. White America, I mean. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, so. Uh, yeah, I, I mean the and the that frankly the the cop violence in this movie um, at times seems a little bit quaint, you know, like just taking a couple shots at him when you after you cuff him if he really sure. resisted. Um, I mean, these days you you know I, I mean every week you see footage of real of cop right, right. stomping the shit out of people, right? But you could have seen you, you can picture a version of this movie that forgoes all that yeah well exactly right you know. and and you wouldn't you have to look far into the 1980s or to maybe that kind of movie maybe sort of has a different tone of it you know like when yeah. when penn is roughing up a suspect Duvall's quick to say we that's not necessary we don't need to do that that's wrong yeah you know i mean there's that both both voices are there uh yeah and and i mean honestly the scene in the, with where the, the cop shoots somebody mm-hmm. i mean the instinctive reaction from Sean Penn's character is is the humanity of it. Like, right. oh my God, you shot He's him. He's watching a man take his last breath. And, and, yeah, and uh, you know that's <laughs> that's maybe better than what we're seeing in in our media these days. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, when, I, I don't... when the you know the cover up would have begun as soon as the the bullet leaves the chamber, right? You know, the thing here that I'm taking away from from your opinion on this is mm-hmm. I don't disagree with any of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I don't know how good of a movie it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's, yeah. I, I think everything you say is, is are valid points and I don't disagree with anything. So, um, I, I, uh, I, I mean, it, it compelled me. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I maybe have a soft spot in my heart for this material. Cause not only was I, was I a real, well, you were also a grand theft auto, uh, right. Yeah, <laughs> enthusiast. Absolutely. Right. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of grand theft auto in here, right. But there's, uh, but also, I'm a huge fan of the TV show The Shield, mm-hmm. right? And uh, boy, uh, this is a clear influence on on the both the style and the content of that, because as I said, um, Crash, a real program, um, and uh, if you watch a movie like this early in in the creation of Crash, and you think to yourself, "Well, hey, hey, you know this this unit that operates independently, basically of the rest of the police department." They're getting in really cuddly with some of those drug dealers. How long before the police start <laughs> to take over the drug rackets in this town? And it was about 10 years. <laughs> uh, the crash program uh, disintegrated under the uh, the Rampart scandals in the late 1990s when uh, uh, police when they were s- selling when police started selling drugs out of the evidence room and were <laughs> ordering hits on people. Wonderful. Right? Um, and that was the direct inspiration for for the shield. Right. So, uh, so this, yeah, so I, I, maybe am not a, a, uh, coming at this completely, uh, completely cold, right? Or, or I'm coming at this completely cold, but I'm maybe, uh, not, I may be seeing this through, uh, this is, re- this is right up my alley. <laughs> hey, we've all got our weaknesses. There yeah. was a nice, uh, 
shiny brand new Caprice Classic in this thing that I thought. <laughs> there's, the, there's, a, there's. I kind of like the. <laughs> there's a race between like all all these Caprices, like like chasing down all these Crown Victorias, <laughs> right through the narrow alleyways of 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 L.A. The scene is it's well filmed and everything. If you've ever driven one of those cars, and I think. <laughs> We have. <laughs> we definitely have. You, you know why they cut away every time one of the, one of those cars has to turn a corner. <laughs> that would have happened one time. He would have been stuck on somebody's porch, and then ten cars behind him would have all made this failed to make the same turn and ended up on stacked up on that porch. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> how that became the ideal police car, but uh, nothing handles like those big boat cars. <laughs> So uh, yeah, I mean they 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 do their best with with uh, those chases, right? I totally agree with you though. That, I mean this movie has a lot on its mind, but it it thematically it doesn't go anywhere with that. It doesn't mm-hmm. have a lot to say on it except it's all to spare, right? Yeah, it's um, and, and then it gives us sort of a really cheap uh, sort of upbeat, you know, well we all learned something today, didn't we? Kind of uh, kind of you know ending um, that it doesn't quite sit well, but. Um, I yeah I actually I actually quite like this movie. Now um, back to the Latin Gang real quick. Mm-hmm. You know your role in a badass Latin Gang when it includes both a young Mario Lopez and Rico Suave. <laughs> <laughs> I did I did not notice Rico Suave. <laughs> Geraldo, who of course recorded oh, Rico right. Suave. Uh-huh. This is when in his brief film career he did uh, Can't Buy Me Love. Yes, I'm and then familiar he, with and that. And then he digs in there. He's the one of the main uh, gang members here. Huh, okay. <laughs> and, of course, he had a early 90s hit, Rico Suave. Rico. Suave. <laughs> Rico? Yeah, and, and young Mario Lopez, who you probably did see, but uh, uh, he's on that in it much. Yeah. I give it a thumbs up, especially for people who want to see where uh, a lot of their uh, grittier L.A. cop dramas have come from. I give it a thumbs up. It's a movie. Oh, okay. It's a movie anybody can see and and uh, and take away something from. I don't think it's a great film, but I think that uh, it's a film that, uh, like you said, it, mm-hmm. it's it, it being a, ahead of its time and, and being a precursor of things to come that are well that are much more ingrained in our pop culture. Yeah, um, yeah. You can you can see a lot of that. What's to come in this? Yeah, I was really surprised how under the radar this movie is. That it's I very, remember very influential. But hearing I about it when it came out, I, yeah, I, I knew it existed. Um, but it's but I remember kind of, it, it being you know well received back then. Probably just watching his Siskel and Ebert. Like you know, I, yeah. I watched that pretty religiously. Yeah, they were probably both high on it, or one of them was. Uh, Ebert liked it. Yeah, who knows what. You can't find Gene Sis- yeah. You can't find Gene Siskel's body of work. Uh, well, most of their uh, most of their episodes are on. Uh, oh, okay. YouTube. You can find almost almost anything. Okay. But there's a few that are that are. If they did the show, it's there's somebody's got it posted. I mean, this is the this is a movie, particularly with Duvall's role, you would think would get a little more Oscar attention or a little more just sort of yeah. general cultural prestige attention. What about what else was going on in '88? That off the top of your head, I who framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> So I, I think we were not ready. For, oh, uh, did Driving Miss Daisy win that year? No, mm, no. Um, it's in the ballpark. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh no, Rain Man. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, so we were still kind of caught in, yeah, in, uh, very mainstream, middle brow, feel good stuff. So no, there were no nominations out of this. No, thing? no, no nominations. That's, that's sort of surprising. Yeah, it's, it's uh, this it's, seems it's like strange Oscar bait. Yeah, it sure does. And the fact that it didn't get any of that has sort of led me to believe that this was, you know, it's why I flew under the radar. I didn't think this movie was 
uh, that good, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so, but I'm really surprised how many people have clearly seen this movie, um, and been influenced by it. So, um, as far as films picked at random, kind of upper echelon. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. This, and this is, yeah, this is, uh, so this is a win for us. This is definitely a movie that I, I I probably never would have worked my way, you know, have given, given that it's so under the radar, I would have never worked my way back to, but yeah, I agree. Now I've seen it. Okay, well, if we're done, I guess we'll I move on done. to randomization. Ooh. Because that's all we've Speaking got these days. Speaking of the days. randomizer. <laughs> that's all we've got these days because we still don't know what we're doing for a new movie next Okay, week. look, people. As always, I know we make this job looks, look easy. It's not, especially this time of year, even at the best of times. This is, you know, end of August through uh, through September. Not good times, but this is particularly slim pickings it's out dire. there. It's dire. It's horrible. We don't know what we're going to do for next week. But we'll think of something. Don't worry. All right, let's randomize. All right, we've got 2003, <laughs> The Core. The Core? The Core. <laughs> <laughs> the Core. The Core. That is some sort of uh, sci-fi nonsense. Is right? that action uh, movie drilled to the center? now? When I when I think, and I'm not sure because I've I've oh. not seen this movie. Uh-huh. I, I'm thinking Aaron Eckhart and uh, Hilary Swank. Is that correct? <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't <laughs> swear by it, but that's what comes <laughs> to mind. It was back when they're trying to make Hillary Swank happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, and Aaron Eckhart. <laughs> okay, well, so join us if that sounds like something <laughs> you can't will... miss. Right, and then question mark, question mark, question mark. Absolutely, on the new lots one. of questions. Yes, lots of questions. We'll have answers in one week. So, so thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. As always, I guess bye for now. Bye, everybody. <laughs>